Well, good morning, everybody. Scott, did I turn this on? I think I hit the right. Is it on? Did I turn it on? Yeah, okay. Low and clear, low and clear. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor, for that song. Uh, well, welcome everybody to the Wisdom Seekers Sunday School class. Uh, my name's Nancy, and I'm going to bring the lesson today. Um, as everybody here knows and the network knows, uh, we've been in a fast this past week. And how many of you enjoyed the fast? Yeah, I loved it. Every minute. Every minute. <laughs> Welcome. the good parts. Uh, Welcome back, Zach and Katie, when she comes in. But, um, she didn't come back. She's still there. She's still there. <laughs> She's having too much fun. Um, I feel like uh, during the fast that God initiated something new in uh, each one of us individually and as a network. And um, for me, I just realized these glasses are broken. For me, um, Wednesday, the total fast day was my, uh, the one I enjoyed the most. And um, it was interesting that that entire day, I never even realized I was hungry. I, I, it, I didn't feel hungry. It just didn't occur to me that I was hungry until that evening at the end of the prayer time. And all of a sudden, my stomach started to growl. And um, I was prosciutto close to Ruby. And I thought if the music one wasn't on, she would probably hear my stomach growling, but, um, and that, but that was the first time I had recognized that I was actually hungry, and, um, but to me, that, that was my favorite day of the week, and um, so this past week, in addition to praying for Brazil, um, it was particularly a good week for me because I was finalizing what the Lord led me to bring today. So, um, and, and my spirit just felt more open to receive and to hear. And there seemed to be an ease um, to, to receive and to respond to his spirit. And so what I have today covers a lot of scripture um, and we'll be going back and forth uh, from one passage to another, then back again. And so buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> um, but the good news is <clears throat> they're all on your handout. And um, so you can follow along. And <clears throat> I sent the handout to Scott last night. So hopefully <clears throat> um, those who are listening live or in the archives, it's available to you there. <clears throat> but we're going to begin in chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians uh, with verses 1 and 2. And I've titled this section, Stewards of the Mysteries of God. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. <clears throat> so this uh, word for ministers 
signifies being under um, one who aids another in any work, an assistant, an underpower, a subordinate rower, or I'm sorry, an under rower, a subordinate rower, under oarsman, one who serves with his hands or a servant. And then uh, stewards here, as we've studied before, in the Greek is um, oikonomos, and it has the meaning of managing a household or household affairs or a manager of a farm or landed estate or an overseer. <clears throat> we serve under Christ and our calling as saints encompasses the overseeing of the mysteries that God has re, uh, revealed to us and we're accountable for what we do with those mysteries. Um, as we have received his truths, we have responsibility to implement them, not only in, in our own lives, but to teach the, them to those um, whom the Lord calls and those to whom he has called us. And I, I love the part of the definition of being a manager of a farm or a landed estate because uh, we are aware that we are stewards of our own terio, but ultimately the earth. And uh, we are in partnership with the Father to reclaim the earth for Him. Now, pistos, we've studied a lot before too, um, and it's, it's familiar. And this word has the meaning to be easily persuaded, um, believing, confiding, trusting, it uh, is a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. Believing and trusting that the word of God is true. The word of God is truth. Then moving on to 1 Peter 4.10. Yes, ma'am. Mm, you do. To be an oarsman, you have to be in sync with whoever's leading them. So you're not, you know, just a person who aids another in work. You're completely in sync with that, that with that assignment. That is so true. I hadn't thought of that. So thank you for pointing that out. I hadn't thought about because I kept looking at that and I thought, well, you know, how does that apply? Well, that's how it applies. You're you're in sync and you're. You're the under oarsman because you're. Something go forward. Yes, yes, and and you're under your leadership, in sync with the leadership, and um, to move forward, like you said. So, thank you for bringing that point out. Um, so, First Peter four ten, and I titled this "Stewards of the Manifold Grace of God." As every man hath received the gift, even so <clears throat> minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So functioning and developing in God's grace that is ordained of him for our lives, we oversee that development, development in ourselves, managing the affairs of our development, and then being attentive uh, to it and doing whatever is necessary to guard over who we are in Him, uh, guarding over that partnership that we have with Him, and then to be examples for others whom the Lord calls uh, to be 
to call alongside us as saints. And then uh, next is 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. Ministers of the New Testament. Not that we are sufficient or worthy of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Our ability or competency to do a thing is of God. And then continuing in verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. In this verse, minister is uh, diakonos, and it's a synonym for the earlier word, hyperades, or hooporades, I think is how that one's pronounced. Um, but it does have a meaning of its own, and its definition is one who executes the commands of another, those through whom God carries on his administration on earth. And then able here is hikano, and it's to be equipped with adequate power to perform duties. So God equips us and gives us adequate power by his spirit to execute uh, his commandments concerning, or his commands concerning the truth, the earth. The same word for able is translated meet, M-E-E-T, in Colossians 1:12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers, or to share in a thing, of the inheritance of the saints in light. And we give thanks to the Father because he has adequately equipped us to be partakers, or to be sharers, in truth, in the fullness of his seven spirits, and to perform our duties as saints. Are there any comments before I move on to the next section? I think it's funny that I wasn't wearing my glasses, so I thought that said hypercretes. Oh, <laughs> that was a C. <laughs> Sorry, it's, I digress. <laughs> That's okay. It's early. Anyway, I guess I need my glasses. <laughs> I think it's interesting that this was written by Paul, of course, in 2 Corinthians. And, uh, you know, he was a a master of the law, and that's how he was trained, we all know that, and, and then he makes that bold statement for the law, the letters kill it, and uh, that, that was understood, but a unspoken truth among the Pharisees that the letters <coughs> uh, but they couldn't help but understand it. Paul found um, redemption mm -hmm. in the spirit for something that he knew everything about, but all it did was kill. Yeah. That, that's a good point. I mean, he, yeah. he knew the law backwards and forwards, and um, but was able to make this statement. So beginning in 2 Corinthians 4, um, verses 1 through 18, and beginning with verse 1. 
Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. <clears throat> Faint not here is um, ekakeo. I hope I'm not butchering these words, but um, ekakeo, which is to be utterly or completely spiritless, to be wearied out or exhausted or to lose courage. And we've heard teachings uh, in recent months regarding our spirits and, um, and our spirits actively working in partnership with His Spirit. Um, <clears throat> so because, our, you know, we activate our spirits to work in conjunction with his, we can't allow ourselves to become um, faint in our spirit because that it's our spirit that works with his. And because we have received his mercy, we we don't have to faint. And uh, but we, like Paul, we speak boldly those things that he has shown to us, and we make known what has been hidden or unknown as he makes that known to us. Um, that which he has been that he has brought to light, we make known to others. Um, we don't have to become utterly spiritless or wearied or lose courage because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, and we have his spirit within us to keep us alive and moving forward. Romans eight eleven says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you <clears throat> he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you so his, his spirit quickens and brings life <clears throat> the word manifestation in verse 2 of 2nd Corinthians 4 is also a familiar word to us it's phanerosis and this is to make known what has been hidden or unknown, to be thoroughly understood and to bring to light. And as we've already mentioned, uh, light is his truth. It's the fullness of his seven spirits. Our lives um, have been and continue to be impacted by the truths that God has revealed in our ministry and um, and, and who we are is a declaration of his truth so that others whom the Lord has called will also be impacted and subsequently they too will declare his truths. That, that is our mission to declare his truth to the nations so that they can proclaim that, that same truth to their own nations. So understanding what we do regarding the seven spirits of God and the colors representative of each, and then the white being the fullness of, the, of, of his seven spirits, um, I was taken by something that I saw this past week. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm really hoarse. Um, 
But one morning on my uh, commute to work, I, I looked up in the sky and I saw a double rainbow. And one, one of the rainbows was, was a full arch. And just the beginning of the, that rainbow, um, it had the most vibrant colors that I've ever seen in a rainbow. And um, they were so vibrant that they appeared to be on fire. And um, <clears throat> so, they, so they had this appearance of burning and they, the colors just seemed to be alive. And it was, it was really breathtaking. And of course I was the only one in the car, but I was so stunned by it that when I, when I saw it, um, the expression that came out of my mouth was just, whoa. <laughs> and and I, I felt kind of silly, but, and then I looked back at the road to make sure I was still on track. And I looked back at the rainbow and it came out again, whoa. I mean, it was just that amazing to see. And um, <clears throat> the second rainbow, um, the colors were faint. You could see all the colors, but they were faint, and it was just a partial rainbow. It wasn't, it wasn't the full arch. And so we know um, that when we see a double issuance of uh, a word or a phrase in Scripture that, um, and I quote from line upon line, it denotes a point of intimacy and endearment between God and man. It implies a personal devotion to the task and indicates an integral and unwavering commitment to what God, to what has been or been entrusted to us. Um, we're not going to read the read this, the scriptures, but the examples are found in 1 Samuel 3:10, Zechariah 4:7, and Matthew 23:37. So we know from scripture that the rainbow was given by God <clears throat> as a sign that he would not destroy the earth again by flood. But given what God has revealed to us in his word about his seven spirits, I believe that the, um, the, the vibrant rainbow ind indicated that the seven spirits of God are beginning to be demonstrated throughout the earth in a way that the world has not yet seen. And um, manifesting the fullness of his spirit and regardless of what it looks like in the natural um, because that that rainbow was the full arch um, I just sensed that his overarching plan um, is being carried out and um, and because there was the double rainbow I, I truly did sense an intimacy in what what God was showing me that day um, and what he was communicating. So um, next, still in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2, uh, dishonesty in this verse is, is shame. And we are not ashamed. We are not ashamed of God. We are not ashamed of Christ. Um, shame leads to hiding. Uh, we know that Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they hid themselves. And according to some, when the King James Version of the Bible was written, 
the king had certain scriptures left out uh, so that they were hidden from the people and he did that in order to keep control of the people um, and in Romans 1 16 it says for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek and then in 2nd Corinthians 2 or I'm sorry 3 verse 12 it says seeing then that we have such hope we use great plainness of speech so we are people who are not ashamed um, to speak what the Father has given us we put it out there <clears throat> And then I put the entire 2 Corinthians uh, 3 passage here because it just had too much in it that was too good not to include. So I'm going to begin with verse 1. Do we begin again to command, our, command ourselves, or need we as some, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? Ye are... Our epistle written in our hearts known and read of all men so we know that <clears throat> our lives are uh, being read by many we are epistles to many people we are the example and um, <clears throat> continuing in verse 3 for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers to the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And that's what Dennis was pointing out earlier. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, <clears throat> how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. So the ministration of what we see and hear from the right hand of God, this ministration of right, righteousness, we do speak. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect, by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. 
Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of God, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. <clears throat> now going back to 2 Corinthians 4, beginning in verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded or hardened the minds, or the understandings of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the Im image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give light, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God who commanded the light in Genesis to shine out of darkness is the same God who shined his light, Jesus being the light, in our hearts to spread the light of the knowledge of his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. So Christ is the manifestation of the glory of God. And then continuing in verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen, earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I'm going to go ahead and skip to verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, and this is the same word as before, to be utterly spiritless or completely spiritless. Um, so for which cause we faint not, and I didn't even give the title of this lesson to those who are listening, um, but that is that phrase right there is where I got part of the title, the subtitle, but I titled this uh, Diligence in Ministry for Which Cause We Faint Not. And so that's, that's where I got that. But, through our outward man, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know that faint not, that ekkegeo, it's from kakos, which is that spiritual influence. It means to be evil. Mm -hmm. So it's the opposite. It's kind of like Tobin Ra, mm -hmm. kalos, kakos. But what I can't remember, because I haven't looked the definition recently, which is why I have one up online, so I can remind myself of those things. Um, but the faint not, I mean, the, the cacao, I don't know if it's to be crusted over, Pastor, do you remember? 
what that influence, how it manifests? Um, yeah, it's the, it's the Kakos influence of the world, which is basically refuse or some, um, you know, in our, throughout the world, that word means something that is processed out and has no more meaning. And um, it, it does, when exposed in the world, it does take over and become hard and eventually then become disintegrate. So it, it and it's, it's opposed to the living stones that we're supposed to be. Um, but it, it, out of Kakos is, could be a result of not being what you're supposed to be, but also could be in response to that influence in the world, which causes you to want to think. Um, so, you know, I've often wondered about that word because <coughs> is it that you are fighting against it or is it that you have become wearied by it or is it because somehow the influence has corrupted you subtly maybe mm -hmm. and um, you know the way it is in any other thing. I mean, if you're working with a, a material that is fungible and it starts to crust over, you've pretty much lost it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to use that anymore. It's going to become dust. And that, you know, to fake not would mean, oh, I just can't take it anymore. Or it could be the result of many factors, but the essence of it is the, this world. I think we've all felt that recently more than more than usual. Um, so yeah, it does have a crusting over, but the, the main thing is is that it's an emphasis on things that will pass away. It's just digested by the earth, which is what the enemy wants us to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in this world, but not of it, and. I think when you become stagnant and you're influenced by the world, you stop praying, which is what keeps you moving. Mm -hmm. You know, it might cause that that crusting over, that deterioration. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just that whenever I see that word, that's the first thing I think of is the cacos spirit that I know. When we were doing those, this was so many years ago, first doing those <coughs> activations in Dallas. We talked a lot about the cacos there. <laughs> and, it, you know, in, encountering that in certain places in the city or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway. And we have to guard over ourselves against that uh, and not not allow that to happen because it can, it can creep in. And um, before you know it, it's there, and you didn't mean to. You didn't just make the decision to to become that way, but it, it just it can happen, you know, with always, without always your Always think about water flows that you see, like in Hawaii or pictures of that. And what makes a living stone fulfill its mission? It's got to stay hot. 
secondly, it's got to keep moving forward toward its desired or ordained destination. Mm -hmm. And if and, and the supply needs to keep being sent forth. You know, basically those three things. And it's undaunted as it's doing that. But this enemy influence would try to cut off the supply, would try to reduce the passion, and would try to put all kinds of things in the way to cause you to be impeded. And once that happens, it's virtually impossible to restore the momentum, which is also an unclean spirits mm -hmm. uh, agenda. True. So we as living stones, to say we faint, yeah, that's kind of true, but it it's a generic view of what is really happening. Mm -hmm. Anyway. That's good. We sort of have a Oh, uh, our, our human natural instincts are sometimes to be calloused <coughs> or become calloused over time. If you think about something that you saw years ago that was evil, you, your sensitivities are stunned and you think it's awful and something's got to be done about it and you just... You just can't stand to look at it. But as time goes on, you see it more and more and more. And when you see the same thing happen, you're not. You know what it is? It's like, hmm. Yeah, your sensitivities are are not as keen as mm -hmm. they once were. You become desensitized. Yeah, desensitized is a good way to express it. And and that happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, so we have to be careful and, and make sure that we stoke that fire and keep our passion alive and, and burning for the Lord and for the, the ministry that he, he's called us to carry out. So um, thank you guys for those comments. Um, the next section I titled, uh, entitled, Kept in the Father's Name in His Plan and Purpose. So I want us to look at John 17, beginning with verse 1. Um, we're going to read 1 through 12 and then skip to 14 through 21 and then 26. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is eternal life, that they which know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent I have glorified or thou hast sent I have glorified thee on earth I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do and now O father glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world thine they were and thou gavest them me and they have kept thy word may that be said of us that we that we kept his word and kept that which he gave us to do um, 
Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee, for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. So Jesus made known the Father's name. He made known the plan and purpose of God to the disciples in their day, and he's doing the same with us in this day. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou gave, hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And then skipping to verse 14. I have given them my word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. As Pastor quoted just a minute ago. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. So Jesus asked the Father to keep us through his own name, uh, to keep us in the purpose to which he has called us. And if we ever needed Jesus' intercession um, for us, it is now. Um, that we would be kept from the evil that is rampant in our world today. You know, it used to be hard to imagine uh, the persecution and suffering um, that the disciples faced. But history tells us of uh, the persecution and extermination of the Jews, the, the Jews in Germany by Hitler in the 1930s and 40s. But still it seemed unimaginable to me <clears throat> um, here in the land of the free uh, that, would, that anybody would ever face such a thing. But now we have only to look at the current leaders and the current events to see the endeavors of the enemy to, uh, to destroy those of us who follow Christ. Um, so continuing in verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So our citizenship is in heaven. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they may also, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And then skipping to verse 26. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. So Jesus made known the Father's plan and purpose, and he made it known to those that the Father had given him out of the world. And the Father has given us to him out of the world and we carry out the same ministry to make known the father's plan and purpose for the earth 
uh, to all those um, to whom he sends us. And in Luke, or, or Luke writes in Acts 20, verses 24 and 27, But none of these things move me, neither count I li my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And then Paul in, uh, said in 1 Timothy 1 verse 12, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Jesus has counted us faithful. Um, he's chosen us to walk as saints. He entrusted us with this utmost calling. Um, many are called, but few are chosen. And we were selected by God. And we don't want to disappoint. We don't want to disappoint Him. And then the next section I entitled, Diligence to Fulfill the Ministry. It is up to each of us individually to be diligent, to keep his passion burning within us that leads to obedience and the establishing of his purpose. And taking a look at 2 Timothy um, 4.10, this is Paul's uh, second letter to Timothy to encourage him to continue in the work of the ministry. Even in the, um, <clears throat> even in the wake of apostasy and wickedness in the world like we see today, um, He tells Timothy in chapter 4, verse 5, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Uh, this word for full proof, um, pleroforeo, uh, means to carry out fully in evidence, and the word of God is our evidence. To completely assure or convince, not by words, but by truth of the word of God, to entirely accomplish, to cause a thing to be shown to the full, um, to, to fulfill the ministry in every respect, and to carry through to the end, to accomplish, to fill one with any thought, conviction, or inclination, to make one certain, to persuade, or to fully convince or assure. And King Agrippa said to Paul in, in Acts 26, 28, um, Almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. Um, earlier in this chapter, Paul told the, told the king of his Damascus Road experience and that he had, he had not um, been disobedient to the heavenly vision. And neither can we be disobedient to the heavenly vision that God has given to us. Now, going back to 2 Timothy, um, in chapter 4, verse 10, Paul says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Um, loved here, love this present world here, is agapeo, or agapeo uh, derived from phileo. And phileo is translated as love in the New Testament, meaning a fraternal or brotherly love that characterizes friendship and social bonding. Um, that's from our definition in Line Up Online. 
Um, Demas's affections were misdirected. He chose friendship with the world rather than friendship with God. He forsook the call to align or to be face to face with God to accomplish his divine will. And so it's crucial, as I've said earlier, that we guard ourselves, um, that we don't become like Demas and depart from the faith, forsaking the apostolic ministry for the love of this world, of this present world, um, because this world is not our home. We have the Father's purpose to accomplish while we're here, and that we must always remember. So Demas departed to Thessalonica, and I was curious to know um, what it was about Thessalonica that drew Demas away, and um, what there in that city would, would, would capture his affection so much that he would forsake the apostolic calling. So just, just a few interesting facts about Thessalonica, or Thessaloniki, as the Greece, Greeks would say. Um, it was a famous and populous city. It was overcrowded, a wealthy city situated on the Thermaic Gulf, the capital of the second division of Macedonia, and the residence of a Roman governor. It was anciently called Thermae or Thermae, but was rebuilt by Cassander, the son of Antipater, and called by its new name in the honor of his wife, Thessalonica, or Thessaloniki. Um, she was the sister of Alexander the Great. Um, it was the chief seaport of ancient Macedonia and was import an important commercial and military center. So this, that that I just read, it didn't really give um, much of a clue as to why Demas would depart to Thessalonica. But it sounds like it was a happening city and a place where he wanted to participate in everything that was going on and just wanted to be a part of the action maybe um, rather than following God's purpose because maybe he was seeing that following God's purpose was not so easy. Um, <clears throat> but after Paul and Silas were uh, forced to leave Philippi, they traveled to Thessalonica where Paul and Silas taught in the synagogue for three Sabbaths. And in Acts 16, um, starting with verse 39 and going through 17, 2, and they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. And now when they had passed through, and Amphipolis and Apollonia, uh, it's too early in the morning, um, they came to Thessalonica where, where was a synagogue of the Jews and Paul, as his manner was, went in, in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. So Paul and Silas were forced to leave the city um, when the antagonistic Jews um, or by them after Paul and Silas stirred up the people of Thessalonica um, and they brought some of the believers before the, the city officials and accused, and accused them of pr promoting treasonous um, ideas. And then continuing in verse 5, 
But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto certain unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down, and I believe this is what we are doing, are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they, trou and they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they had heard these things, and when they had taken security of Jason and had the other, and of the other, they let them go. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. So the believers there came under great persecution following um, this uproar and Paul feeling uh, that he had not had enough time to ground them in the Christian doctrine uh, desired to return to Thessalonica, but he was hindered by Satan. And we read in 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 and 18, But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once, we again, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Consequently, Paul sent Timothy to complete the work um, that he had begun, and we see in 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 and 2, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone, and sent Timotheus our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. <clears throat> so when COVID hit, we were hindered um, from going into the other countries and carry out the ministry that we've been called to do. Um, Uh, in our day, um, even though we were hindered from hopping on a plane and traveling, we were able to continue our ministry, ministry through technology, and we thank God for that because we were still able to carry out the ministry. There are leaders in our country and in other countries attempting to make Christianity illegal, and even though that has not been outlawed, um, or it hasn't been outlawed, we have in some uh, ways been suppressed from speaking out in certain situations. In the workplace, um, for example, um, and Cece testified to this a couple of Sundays ago, and the culture in many workplaces these days is far from godly, and it, and it seems to worsen every day, and I can see that in, in my firm. Um, so, in conclusion, um, I just want to encourage all of us to remain diligent in the ministry that we are called to and that we're so blessed to be a part of um, because for this, it's for this cause or this ultimate calling that we faint not. So may we be those who are called restorers of the breach and the restorer of paths to dwell in as we raise up the foundation of many generations as in Isaiah 58. So does anybody have any further comments?
And if not, that concludes my lesson. I definitely think we, I think that we're going to see a lot of, a lot more ministry in the coming days, whereas we had, you know, the ministry's been kind of curtailed in the way of activity, you know, busy mm -hmm. activity. And I think that as things kind of ramp up uh, in that demand, you know, our spiritual passion, the things that are the first things, the things that we're able to tend to when things aren't so busy, so easily we're going to have to really make a concerted effort to remain as steadfast in that personal time with the Lord in order to not be crusted over by the things of the world because the ministry is going to involve the world mm -hmm. and that kind of um, interaction as it were but I don't know I just feel like we are embarking on some new territory for the saints mm -hmm. And what you just said about um, we, we are in the world. You know, Jesus was in the world. He ministered to the people. But then he had to get away to be with the Father because, you know, he had to, he had to keep that communication open with the Father and, and get away from, from the world because he was in it to minister to the people. But... Um, like us in our day, I was just going to say, like us in our day, you know, as we are in the world and we minister, you know, as we can to people around us throughout the day, but then go out in ministry and minister, but then we have to come to that, back to the place with the Father where <coughs> we're in communion with Him so that we don't become crusted over. Yeah, and something that kind of occurs to me as well is that while we have been anointed to do what we're doing, I don't think we've seen really the the, um, the weight of the anointing that we're actually going to be walking in and the power that's going to be kind of uh, manifested on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And I think that you talk about Demas, you know, what what drew Demas away from, from the message and from his relationship with the Lord and we just have to be careful to guard ourselves and remember where that power and anointing is coming from. And it's not for any other purpose other than to serve that message that he's given us. It's not to have our own ministry. It's not to go out and try to, you know, conjure up our own, you know, business. And even with Pastor, who this is his, you know, this is his situation. We're all a part of what he's doing. I know, I mean, he's the leader. So he's not going to be called off to do another ministry because he's got one, right? Mm -hmm. But... He has to be obedient to where he's being called. He can't think, well, since I got all this going on, let's just go here, here, and here. You know, I can, right. do, I can do this there as well as I can do this here. And so in his own in his own thinking, to continue to be submitted to that leading where we're really just being sent. And because I, right now, <coughs> so we see the ebb and flow of, of that anointing or the, or the glory being present with us because we're being called. We do the task, we come back, and then it's like, where'd that go? <laughs> And we're back to this intercessory, almost wilderness. So we don't really have the ongoing glory or the ongoing anointing. Mm -hmm. But I do think that's going to change. And that's when I think things can get dicey on what we're supposed to be doing because we're just kind of flowing. Mm -hmm. Because we've been entrusted with with the time, you know, what we're doing, but in his timing. So I just mm -hmm. want to make, you know, we have to be careful. 
to stay within what he's asking us to do. And the other thing that it's so important, and it's something I learned, and I, I just known this, but it's something I've seen demonstrated, that as we remain under the covering of this covenant blessing that God has made with our leader, you know, we are blessed by virtue of that covenant blessing, just like the children of Israel were. And when it talks about the judges, you know, if the judge was there, the children of Israel were always, you know, copacetic as long as they were, you know, moving along with whatever was going on there. God moves on behalf of the person that he's who's representing him. And this is a new covenant, and we're all representing him, but there is still only one leader. Mm-hmm. And so our obedience and willingness to row, you know, as we're instructed. Under the under rower. That, that is going to lead to every person's fulfillment and a complete blessing in their calling. I mean, they're going to be able to, you know, grow and blossom, be promoted within what they're doing, but under that, you know, Sync, you know, synchronicity of rowing. That's where that comes from. It's not because we try to do something, you know, in our own strength or striving to be or to have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, I think that you know we've been here and things are so familiar. We all kind of have our roles and we're okay with it. But when we start doing things that we're not familiar with, we have to, you know, really keep an eye on ourselves making sure that we're in sync with what the ministry is and what the flow of the Spirit is and what God is. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, I think we're going to all encounter some new challenges with understanding and staying within the purview of our callings in the midst of where we are, what we're doing, even if it's here, because I think things are going to probably change here as well at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. And you think about that, you know, the picture of the the rowers you know if one rower tries to row faster than the one over here you're going to go off in another direction <laughs> that's a fact <laughs> so, so you know we have to stay under under the leadership and and row with the leadership and um maybe that's what happened in the wilderness <laughs> 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 Maybe. Either that or they weren't, they weren't on water. <laughs> you have any more comments? I did all I could do, Nancy. I appreciate it, Stacy. I wish Trish was here. I know she'd have something to say. I'm sure she would. I'm sure she would. Well, thank you, everybody, for your attention, and um, be blessed this week, and um, we pray just uh, safety over the traveling team, and that the remaining team will be faithful (laughs) to the house, and um, just be blessed.